Welcome, 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 welcome all to K-Drama School. Hello, I'm your host, Grace Jung. I remember last week I said that I was going to learn a new song, or I said I was going to make a new song, but I decided to just play a song that uh, most school children in Korea would know. Yeah, we did it. Yes. <laughs> Man, I really need to learn an instrument. You know, I used to date this filmmaker. He was this Korean filmmaker. Uh, he made a he made a movie that like did okay, I guess. Actually, no, it was a fucking flop. Why am I defending that? It was a failure, but it had a really big name in it. Um, I will not say who the star actress was, but I will say this. She is one of the top three South Korean actresses uh, of that era. Let's say, let's say it was 2009, okay? In 2009, whoever the top three Korean actresses were, it's one of them. And he worked with one of those actresses, made an indie film. It didn't do so well. And uh, yeah, like it's it's disappeared into the ether or whatever. You won't be able to find it on any streaming platform because it was a total flop. However, the guy was really hot. Like he's one of these people where I just kind of log into the back of my head if I feel blue and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Times may be tough, but I did fuck that guy. And that always makes me feel good. That'll always cheer me up. So he's like one of those for me. And I remember when we first started dating, I asked him, I was like, do you play any instruments? And he was like, yeah. I was like, what do you play? And he was like, the triangle. And I remember laughing for like three minutes straight because I thought that was just such a good answer. So if anybody ever asks me like, what instrument do you play? I usually say I don't play an instrument, even though I did learn how to play the flute. I did learn how to play the piano. I never excelled at either. However, uh, I am trying to excel at my Caterpillar xylophone, as you can see here, yes. I'm recording a video today because, oh fuck, I forgot to bring it. Give me a second. All right, folks. So I'm recording a video today because I want to share something with you all. Like it needs a visual. So um, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I may even just post this as like a clip on Instagram and TikTok, but I'm drinking this uh, sparkling water called Kloop. This is not a sponsorship. This is not a sponsored ad. I'm just covering Kloop because uh, this is my first South Korean sparkling water, right? Like whenever I'm in Korea or whenever I'm in H Mart, like all the all the waters or the sodas, the sodi pops, it would all be full of sugar, sugar, caffeine. It would be madness. But South Korea is now finally on the train of carbonated waters, like canned carbonated waters, like Waterloo, La Croix. So we now have Kloop from South Korea. I got this at H Mart. It is like a big size. What is this? It, you know, it's like a, like a tall boy. There's like a tall boy of Kloop. And this, the flavor is my favorite flavor in the world. Like South Korea, for whatever reason, they're really good at getting that Muscat grape flavor. Like they're really excellent at concentrating that flavor. Like those little green uh, uh, grape flavored Korean candies. Like I love those. Like my mouth is watering right now, just even talking about it. So they took that flavor, that essence, and they turned it into a sparkling water, which is genius. That's genius because like, I like the Waterloo grape flavor, but it's not, it's nothing. It doesn't compete to this. No, no, no. This is the shit, right? 
Here's why I love Kloop, okay? Again, this is not a sponsored ad. I'm just covering it because I am seriously just genuinely impressed by this product, okay? So their uh, tab, see, is like very unique. It's got a plastic tab, right? So you open this up. Let's open it up. All right, come on. Come on, Grace. All right, so she opens it, crack it open, right? And then you push this little tab here. You push it open. There we go. You slide it open, and then you can drink out of it. Here. Take a sip. And then I can slide this baby shut, and then I can press this back down, and it keeps it, it keeps it carbonated. Fuck! Yo! South Korea! Hey! You are living in the next fucking level baby i'm telling you there have been so many times because usually i'll crave sparkling water at night yeah it's like you know like i've i've had my dinner and then i've had a long day and i just want like something to like you know uh like open me back up open me back up so that i could uh you know feel my di digestion flowing and i could get the gas out of me and then i could just go to sleep right but i can't always drink the whole thing Right? So it becomes like a punishment. Even though I get the little small cans, it's still a punishment. But this is a tall boy, and I know I can't drink this whole thing in one sitting, but it's got this beautiful contraption up here. I mean, it's sad to me that it's plastic. I wish it were, I wish there could be a less plasticky, you know, resolution to this issue. But nonetheless, I appreciate this because it's genius. It's smart and it tastes amazing. Again, this is not a sponsored ad. I'm just an, an enthusiast of Kloop. Okay? So listen, Kloop. Hey, Kloop executives, listen. If you want a if you want a, a kyopo, okay? If you want a hot sexy kyopo lady sponsoring your shit, hey, you hit me up, all right? You email me at kdramaschool@gmail.com and I will fucking sponsor the shit out of this. Way better than this video. I swear to god, I will do it. I will do it for you because I, I love this product. And even if you don't, even if you don't ask me to be your sponsor, I will still sponsor it nonetheless because I believe in it. All right. If I believe in it, I will talk about it. Yes. Yes. Yes, I will. You guys, it's a uh, hurricane Hillary time here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm recording this on Sunday and it's been raining all day. Yeah. The forecast all week. It's been like hurricanes coming, hurricanes coming and not a single Los Angelino batted an eye like nobody gave a shit like last night I was at the comedy club I was at the Hollywood Improv you know I I you know I did a show there nobody gave a shit like people were out people were having fun they were drinking eating laughing nobody gave a shit like what hurricane you know do you just mean like a thunderstorm there wasn't even thunder there wasn't even lightning there was just rain and for us it's like yeah god bless this rain we wanted it we needed it the rain is happening i got nothing to complain about none of us have anything to complain about you know did we go out and food shop and hunger down no i didn't do that i meant to i wanted to buy eggs so that i could make pancakes this morning i forgot to get that last night look i've been reading this book by jade Wu. it's called hello sleep and it's been like a game changer for me in terms of my insomnia because whenever I can't sleep, I would beat myself up for not being able to fall asleep and that it would be like this vicious cycle of like rage and agony and helplessness in my mind. And I realized like, no, after reading Jade Wu's uh, Hello Sleep, and she's a sleep clinician, you know, she's like, she has a PhD in it, she's a doctor, she's qualified. She was basically saying that 
the sleep industry, right? Mattresses, those pillows, weighted blankets, the magnesium, the CBD oil, the melatonin, all right? Like Ambien, Trazodone, this is all part of the sleep industry, right? Which is, you know, tied with pharmaceutical stuff and products. Okay, they, they make billions of dollars every year and this is how they do it. They basically tell you and me through the news, through Cosmo Magazine, through Time Magazine, through the New York Times, through the news, through cultural stuff, like they they basically say that a human being needs X amount of hours of sleep every night, right? Yes, we've been hearing this since we were children. They were like seven to eight hours of sleep every night is ideal per person. And you better get that sleep every single night. Otherwise, you are leading an unhealthy life. Do you remember hearing this shit? Yes, you do. And that got ingrained into me at a very young age, along with all my nightmares, you know, like I come from a lot of trauma from my childhood, along with that, with the pressure of being like, you have to be a good sleeper. You have to be a good sleeper. You have to be a good eater, right? The pressure that I put on myself. So every night it becomes a nightmare. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be hard for me to fall asleep. How am I going to do this? Yeah. Have I taken Ambien? Yeah. Have I taken magnesium, CBD oil, hash, alcohol, you know, fucking lullabies and and, and sleep apps that read me bedtime stories? Have I done the ASMR videos? Have I done all the meditations and the tapping? Have I done the journaling? Have I done all of this shit? Yeah, I have. Did I think about buying a, a, another fucking pillow for my head? Yes, I have. But after reading this book, I had full clarity. So basically, Dr. Jade Wu says, no single person on earth is going to have the exact same sleep cycle as another human being on earth, okay? Therefore, her argument is there is no standard for a human person for X amount of sleep or, you know, sleeping at a certain time at night. There's no ideal, no. Each individual has to go and figure out what their sleep cycle is like, what their sleep pattern is like, what their sleep preferences are like. That is up to the individual. And as soon as I read this, right? And I read this in the fucking introduction. My, my anxiety, my overwhelm, my self-induced pressure that is culturally motivated, that was totally lifted. I was like unburdened from that and finally free. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys, I have been sleeping really, really well lately. Yeah, I have. Even though I wake up in the middle of the night, like the other night, I tell you, my fucking smoke detector slash carbon monoxide uh, alarm started going off at three, three something in the morning because the fucking contractor replaced the battery, quote unquote, with a new one. But no, it was a fucking used one. It was an old one. Even though my battery was fine, the fire department told me that the old battery was fine. They were like, it has another six years on this, but that guy fucking replaced it with a shitty old battery. So that thing woke me up in the middle of the night at three something in the morning. So I have to wake up. I have to drive to two different places looking for this battery. And neither of those places had this battery. It's that little square battery, right? So I drive to a different location, go to Walgreens. I get the battery. I come home. I replace the battery and I go back to bed. And then I can't sleep, right? So I'm just up. I'm just up. I smoke a little weed. I watch a little TV. I finally fall asleep around like five-ish. And then I woke up around eight. And then I had to do my stuff, do my errands. And then in the middle of the afternoon, I was just like, you know what? I need a nap. So I took a nap. Took a nap for like an hour, hour and a half. Woke up, felt really refreshed. And that was my sleep cycle. You see? So if you feel this like heavy burden and this pressure to sleep at a certain time for x amount of hours no 
Get rid of that shit right now. Our sleep will vary depending on the day, depending on the time, depending on where we're at, depending on how old we are, depending on what our needs are. Like this one good comparison was like, she was like, uh, there's an athlete, he's a basketball, he's a professional basketball athlete and he sleeps 12 to 13 hours a night. Okay, why? Because he exerts that much energy during the day. But if a person does not exert that much energy, if a person has a sedentary lifestyle, if they work in an office where they sit all the time, or if they're at home and they're working at home and they're sitting all the time, do they need 12 to 13 hours of sleep? Absolutely not. She was kind of comparing to like, I mean, those athletes need to drink like, I don't know, eight liters of water or something per day. But a person who doesn't leave the house and doesn't sweat at all, do they need to drink eight liters of water? No. So I was just like, ah, Eureka, this is like the rule of saying that there are no rules in order to enhance our well-being, in order to be more attuned and in touch with our bodies, with ourselves and what our needs are in a very idiosyncratic manner. Ah, yeah, that is applicable to sleep just like it's applicable to recreational drug use, just like it's applicable to exercise or meditation or eating or whatever, whatever. However you want to live your life, whatever you need in this moment, whatever you need at this present moment in time, and whatever you think is best for you, you're the one that's in control. You're the one that's the boss. Not some fucking magazine. Not some journalist who writes for some fucking newspaper where they need to sell ads and products to you. Do you understand? Ah, yes. Fucking anarchy. Yeah. Fucking cloop. Yeah, cloop. Let's drink more cloop. Ah. <laughs> Folks, I, uh, I had a really fun time performing at the Hollywood Improv yesterday. This is like a last minute thing, so I didn't get to post it on my website or on my uh, Instagram. Actually, I posted it on my Instagram, so if you were in LA and you missed it, I mean, what the fuck, right? And what the fuck is that about? You know, it's like, I try to be nice about being a stand-up comedian, like when I meet new people or friends, and they are, people always say the same thing. They're always like, oh, when's your next show? I want to come see. I want to come see. And it's like, look, don't say that to me, all right? Because I know you're not going to show up, okay? Like, for years and years I've been doing this, and everybody says the same fucking thing. They're like, I want to go. I want to come see. It's bullshit. No, if you really want to see, if you really want to come, you would just follow me on Instagram and then you would just show up, okay? That's what you would do. But no, don't fucking tell me to tell you when I'm doing a show, okay? And then you being like, no, I'm not in town or no, I'm not going to show up or say, yes, I will show up and then you don't show up. Like, don't do that. That's like added unnecessary stress for me. Mm? It's building an unnecessary expectation and then leaving me disappointed at the end of the day. Huh? I don't need that shit, all right? So don't ask me when I'm doing my next show and don't tell me that you're going to come to my next show because I know you're not, you flaky ass motherfucking bitch. Yeah, you could tell that something happened over the weekend, right? I don't really care, though, ultimately. I'm just, you know, I'm just riffing. Folks, I am going to talk about DP Season 2 today. DP Season 2. First of all, what a great show. I mean, I really think that the the writer-director of this show, what's his face? Uh, is it Han Jun-hee? Yeah, Han Jun-hee. Han Jun-hee. Filmmaker Han Jun-hee. Super talented guy. Very, very talented. The writer, Kim Bo-tong, who wrote the, the web series and the screenplay, Kim Bo-tong. Yeah, bless you, Kim Bo-tong. I love your work. Keep doing more of your excellent work. I love the message behind it, right? I mean, DP Season 1, DP Season 2, essentially the core message is the same. It's rebel, 
Yeah. Dissent. Excuse me. If you need to stand up for your rights, if you need to stick it to the man, do it. That's what it means. And they do it in a space where the stakes are very high, where anybody who has an individual mind of their own, ooh, that'll be a problem. You know what? In some ways, now that I think about it, this show is very comparable to The Crown. Mmm, yeah. Remember The Crown? Why? Why, does, why is it comparable? Well, in The Crown, they always say the same thing. Individuality, like independent thinking, right? That is a no-no. And they always have to they always have to uphold the crown. And that mentality, that infrastructure, that ideal ideology, it's an ideology. That ideology is what leads to the downfall and the unhappiness and the brokenness of all the royal members of the family, right? I mean, and that's what's going on in DP, season one and season two. How is season two better or more unique? Or how does this how does it stand apart from season one? Well, let's talk about that. Is it better than season one? I don't think it's necessarily better or worse. I would say they're on par, like in, in terms of their quality, I would say they're on par with each other. Does season two stand out from season one? Because I remember talking about this in like one of my earlier uh, episodes where I was like, oh, I hope DP season two doesn't repeat season one. Well, in some aspects they do. However, they do dig deeper in, in DP season two because now everybody like Park Bum-gu, Im ji right? Son seok and Kim seong characters, they're all part of the descent now. Like they're all like... Yeah, we need to fucking fight against this. We all need to stand up. Um, we have a uh, Park Bumgu. We have a uh, is it is it a staff sergeant sergeant Park Bumgu? He becomes the hero in the end, right? Because as we know, in in a hierarchy, in a rigid structure where there's bureaucracy and hierarchy, somebody somewhere needs to take the fall. Somebody somewhere needs to take the blame. Even though the system itself is to blame, and even though the heads of that department and that infrastructure, even though they are to blame, the ones at the very top, and in this case, it would be probably the president. Yeah, it would be the president. They are to blame, but however, somebody like mid-ranking officer, they have to end up taking the downfall. I mean, it's an unfair thing, but I mean, the system is rigged to be this way, right? So whoever decides to be the hero, they're the ones that's going to end up becoming the martyr. And, you know, I, I think I've said this in my other podcasts, but w- think of all the martyrs throughout history. Think of Jesus. Think of Gandhi. Think of Martin Luther King Jr. Think of, you know, Malcolm X. Think of all of these people. They all get shot and killed even though their work is extremely important to us, even though they leave behind humanity with so many teachings, so many good things to learn from. But what does humanity do? They go and fucking kill these people, right? So that's what we see again. We have uh, Pak Bumgu being the hero, right? And he's going to be in prison serving time. Mm, loses his job, can't take care of his family. I mean, he's really taking a big one for the team. Is he not? The one thing that I don't appreciate about Han Jun-hee, about all male Korean film directors, okay? I'm talking about film directors here. I'm not talking about uh, TV directors. You know, Han Jun-hee, he's a filmmaker. I'm not going to consider him a showrunner at all. He's a filmmaker. The one thing I don't appreciate about male writer-directors is that they are far too cynical. Yeah. In the Korean media, media sphere, like... 
their cynicism is just like unbelievable they don't even know how deeply entrenched they are in that resentful cynical sphere and it's like bitch you need to get the fuck out of there ah that's kind of the reason why i loved bloodhounds because it's got a dark side and it's like mostly dark but they never forget the light yeah uh what i appreciate about dp similar to bloodhounds is that they do balance it with humor DP has many, many funny moments, and they're very self-reflexive, they are self-aware, I appreciate that, uh, and the humor helps. However, like, the episode with the the queer, the queer guy, what's his face, the soldier who's gay, Chang uh, Sung-min, soldier Chang Sung-min, I guess he was in episode three, right, he plays the, uh, the drag queen, mm-hmm, he's a drag queen, uh, but he's also a soldier, and... I mean, I guess, I guess they, them would be more applicable for this soldier, right? Chang Sung-min is more of a they, them. Like, they want to play a female lead in a play. Like, that's their dream. And they are finally given that dream. They're kind of given this freedom. Like, they, they desert. They desert the military base to escape humili- humiliation and abuse. Okay, good for them. They got themselves physically out of danger. I applaud that. Now, they're going to go after their dream, right? They have this they have this dream. It's to play this female character in this excellent play. Now, what's going to happen? This fucking soldier, like, they don't give, they don't give Chang Sung-min their happy ending. And that broke my heart because they could have. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, by they, I mean the writer-director. They could have. They really could have given him this happy ending, let let him get on the plane and go to London. But no, they have to go and fuck it up in the end, right? Why did, why do that? Why do that? Huh? Like, in reality, back in 2020, in the year 2020? No, 2019, uh, we had a soldier named Pyeon Hisu. She's a trans woman, and she was a soldier, staff sergeant, okay? And she was a tank driver. But, you know, she enlisted when she was a cis man in the army, and she uh, went to Thailand to get gender reassignment surgery and came out as a trans woman, a proud trans woman, and said that she wanted to continue her job as a soldier devoted to her country. But... The military rejected her, and they said that she was crazy. That's literally what they said. They said she was not sound of mind in order to be a soldier. The only accusation for that was that it's because she went and got gender reassignment surgery, and they consider being trans a mental illness. Hello. So homophobic. So transphobic. It's unacceptable. And then that eventually led to Pyeon Hisu's demise because she ended up killing herself, right? And it's like... That story is already there as a reality. It's already sad. It's already devastating. It's already mainstream. We all know about it. But this is a fucking TV show. This is a fucking TV show. Why can't we give a trans person her happy ending? Why the fuck not? And that makes me really upset. All right? That to me shows immaturity, actually. Han Jin Hee. You don't have to be all, like, super dark and super awful, you know, super quote-unquote realist. You don't have to be that way all the time for every fucking episode. No. I mean, we had an opportunity here to give this person a happy ending, this queer character a happy ending. It's something that the media sphere needs, especially from Korean television content. You can't give them that? You need to go there? 
That's fucking pathetic. To me, that, that to me shows lack of bravery. That to me shows lack of, like, that's not risk taking. You could have taken a risk and pushed it really far, put her on that plane and given her this happy ending. But no, you got to fuck it up in the end. Why? I mean, that really disappointed me. If anything, what this tells me is I really felt for this character. Okay, so in that regard, all right, you guys did well. Han Jun Hee, you did good. You did a good job. Kim Po Tong, fine. I give you credit for that. You did a really good job convincing me and pulling at my heartstrings, and you got me really committed to this once with this trans soldier's character and this trans soldier's happiness. I was really, really committed to that, devoted to that. But you really fucking let me down, and I don't think that's cool. Um. Do I have anything new or else to say about this? The ep- the earlier two episodes when um, Kim Rudy, the soldier who was friends with the with the other soldier who shot himself in the head, turns out he's alive. I mean, he's like on life support, but he's alive. The the soldier that we all thought that died in season one turns out he's alive. And then Kim Rudy, who was that soldier's friend. He uh, ended up causing this mass shooting and also deserted all this drama, right? I thought it was so beautiful the way that um, the two DPs, uh, An Juno and, and Han Hoya, I, I, when they were just like fighting literally for seconds or extra minutes to save Kim Budi's life, I just thought that was so moving and so beautiful. Yeah. Moments like that definitely showed me the optimism that this show had as a potential, right? Like, oh, like these these men are actually good. These men are actually good people. Like, it's like a moment where you can see their soul, right? It's like, oh, you dear one, you're a precious rarity here on earth, right? And like that, ugh, I was so moved by that. I remember like sobbing my eyes out watching them, you know, when they were like filming live and they were like yelling at Kimuri saying, like, oh, we're live, like you have time, like it's okay. Oh my God, that moves me so much. Yes. So, okay. So now I'm like back on board. <laughs> now I'm back on board with DP season two. I think it's a very important show. I think it's definitely a show with a, a really excellent message and yeah, it does take a lot of guts and it does take a lot of risk in order to be a revolutionary. Um, revolutionaries don't sit around playing it safe. Oh, fuck. Let me tell you this story. So this is around 2017. Um, I was dating this guy. He was visiting from Berlin and he's German dude. And he was at UCLA and he was living in LA at the time. And, you know, we had briefly dated but he told me that he went marching after the... Oh, this was 2016. Because this was right after the presidential election. So, okay, this was fall 2016. And he told me that he was marching on the streets along with other people in L.A. to protest uh, Trump's election. And then he said that within, like, not even an hour, he went home. Because he realized that if he's out there, he's risking potentially getting arrested and then getting his visa taken away and then getting kicked out of the country. And I was like, oh my God, this son of a bitch is such a fucking pussy. Like, I remember being super turned off at like him overthinking that. And and he was like, also like American police scare me. I'm like, you're a white man. You're a German white man. Like literally your country was full of Nazis 
I can't even believe what I'm hearing right now. Like, if anything, the police would adore you for being German. And you're telling me that you felt like your life was at risk? I mean, it, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, what a turnoff. Okay, so that mentality, that attitude will not get you anywhere. That is not, that is the opposite of a revolutionary, okay? That is the opposite of somebody who is an actual protester and activist, all right? He showed me all the layers of himself that are full of fear, squareness, all right? Status quo, all right? Being part of the system, being the man. That's what he showed me that day. Ugh! Boy, do I regret sucking that dude's cock. Fuck that guy, man. No. If you want to be a revolutionary, you need to be willing to risk everything. Put everything on the line. Including your life. <laughs> okay, not your life, all right? You don't have to do that. Like, we don't need to fucking go and kill ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. But if you believe in something, right? If you, if you really truly believe in something, and what I believe in is good, I believe in good. I believe in standing up for good. I believe in standing up for justice, especially for people who have been treated like shit, who have no power. I believe in that. And uh, if that means risking things, I say, yeah, risk it. Risk getting your visa taken away. Risk being arrested. Who gives a shit, huh? Like, think about, you know, civil rights activists. They've all been arrested. They were all arrested. They didn't do anything wrong. But they were arrested because the system is fucked and declared them as wrong. You see? This is similar to breaking out of that, that sleep mentality. There are no rules, right, of sleep. But people follow it. And people abuse themselves thinking that there are rules. They start shaming themselves. They're like, oh, I didn't sleep well the other night. I'm a bad sleeper. Ah. Oh. And they spend like $1,000 every single night with their fucking sleep rituals and pills and pillows and blah, blah, blah. You know, because they consider themselves a bad sleeper. No, 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 no. There are no rules when it comes to sleep. There are no rules when it comes to existing here on this earth. I mean, the, the rule being, you know, don't fucking go and kill everybody, right? If you stand up for good, if you stand up for good, if you stand up for something that you believe in, that you think is worthy and worthwhile, stand up for it. That's why you're here on this earth. And the only person who will dictate that, that vehicle, that be vehicle being your body is yourself. Mm. And I think DP has a similar message. Yes. If you believe in something, then, yeah, you are resisting. You are resisting the, the mainstream flow. And that will always make people turn heads and call you an asshole, call you a troublemaker, call you a whistleblower. They, they will hate you for that. But if you really, truly believe in yourself, also know that you have allies, right? And that's what we see. We see that in the beautiful cast of DP. We see that with Anjuno. We see that with Han Hoyar. We see that with Park Bomgu. We see that with Im Ji-sop. We see that with the Park Seung, right? That, that Yusupin guy, that actor, we see him in everything. He's in everything. Like, he just looks like a whatever side character, supporting actor. But he's in everything, it seems. And I don't know. Like, he's just like a friendly, familiar face that I just appreciate now whenever I see him on TV. So good for him. And then we have a uh, soldier, Hugyeong, right? We have these beautiful people. They're eating their McDonald's. They got one another's backs. And they were shaking up the system. Yeah. Um... But as with all progress, right, we take three steps forward, two steps back. Is that the saying or is it two steps forward, three steps back? Whatever it is, let's I, I say it's better to say three steps forward, two steps back. Is that still progress? Yes, of course. 
Yes, of course. Any progress still counts as progress. That work doesn't go erased. It doesn't go forgotten. It, it counts. It counts. And, and uh, it's remembered. It's recorded. It's documented. So um, if you are somebody who is a dissenter, if you are a deserter, if you are a whistleblower, if you are a shit stirrer, huh? I believe in you and I appreciate you and I, I appreciated DP season two very much. Really good show. And, and go and check out Kloop. <laughs> Again, this is not a sponsored ad. I just really love the product.